You may be seated. At this time, children in kindergarten through fifth grade are actually invited to stay here even though they would normally go to children's church and preschoolers may leave at this time to go to the nursery. Following worship, parents should pick up their children in room 104. I hope you saw that line there, should pick up their children. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 13, and then resuming again in verses 16 and 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commandments so that you may love one another. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, may the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In the text today that Patrick just read for us, Jesus is sitting with his disciples. He shares with them the last of the seven I am statements. Not the last one we will talk about here in our series, but the last one in sequential order. He says, I am the true vine, as well as I am the vine, you are the branches. The disciples have started picking up on these clues that Jesus is giving them, that Jesus is not gonna be around much longer. They recognize that Jesus is teaching them all he can before his departure. To put this scripture into context, in chapter 13, Jesus has just performed his foot washing for his disciples and had the Passover meal. He has also claimed that someone will betray him and Judas has already left. In chapter 14, Jesus alludes to this great commandment 
In our passage today, Jesus explains what that exactly is. The commandment is first of two parts. First, to bear fruit at the same time. The imagery of the vine paints a picture by which the disciples can see themselves as able to follow this command because of their connection to the vine. They are the branches, the ones who will bear the fruit. Jesus is the vine. God is the vine grower. This is often the part we kind of glaze over. We hear Jesus is the vine, the disciples are the branches, but God plays an intricate part here as well. God is the vine grower. Like any good vine grower, the vine is tended with care pruning the rotten branches to allow the healthy branches to bear even more fruit. However, God as the vine grower is not independent in this process. It is a mutual dependency. The vine needs the vine grower just as much as the vine grower needs the vine. Again, the vine needs the vine grower just as much as the vine grower needs the vines. The vine grower needs the vine, the vine needs the vine grower for optimal growth. The vine will produce more fruit, fruit in abundance if properly cared for. The vine grower needs the vine to produce healthy fruits for sustenance and life, life in abundance. The imagery of the vine and the branches reminds me of my childhood. I grew up with two peach trees in my yard. Every summer, my siblings and I had the not so enjoyable task of picking up all the rotten fruits from the ground and the branches. To make the task more enjoyable, we would glove up, trash bags in hand, and we would race to see who could collect the most rotten fruit. Looking back, I realize that this game was my mom's clever way of making the daunting task of picking up gross, squishy, rotten fruit a little bit more bearable for us. We still didn't love the job. We really would complain and we regretted having to do it. But every time we complained, my mom would tell us that if we collected the rotten fruit, it would help the healthy fruit stay healthy. We were doing our part to take care of the trees. My mom would collect the healthy fruit when it was ready, and we would use those peaches as much as we could. How many of you love the taste of a fresh peach right off the tree, fresh in the middle of summer? Yeah, there we go, there we go. What about if you don't like peaches, an apple or something that grows from a tree? Just there's something so wonderful about pulling that off and taking that bite fresh from your own yard. So we would, come inside after playing all day and we would eat peaches. My mom would make peach cobbler and bring it to all the family gatherings and I feel like we got invited to more because we had such good peach cobbler. And the peaches that we couldn't eat all summer as hard as we tried, we would can and have them for the rest of the year. Having the peach trees were a lot of work, but it was work that brought us an abundance. About 10 years ago, the trees became infected. There was a bug that managed to nestle its way into one of the branches and its presence rotted that branch 
and soon rotted the branches around it. My family was a lot busier during that time. I was in college and my siblings were teenagers who worked and played sports. So the rotten branch went unnoticed for a while. It was not pruned in enough time. The fruit would rot before the peaches were ripened and the branches started to change color. When my parents realized what had happened, they tried to save the trees by cutting off the dead limbs. Unfortunately, the disease still spread past the branches to the trunk, the vine, the core of the tree. As I watched my mom cut down the tree, I was reminded of the abundance this tree once provided for my family. I was saddened by the fact that this tree would no longer be able to create this abundance. As much as that tree needed us to take care of it, I realized I needed the fruits that that tree provided for me. What could I have done to help the tree bear fruit? I, as the branch of Jesus, did not abide in Jesus and bore only rotten fruit. How do we make sense of what it means to abide in Jesus? We hear that word, abide, so many times in this scripture, but what does that word mean? It says, Jesus abides in God, which could also be said, Jesus is in an intimate relationship with God. Jesus asks the disciples to abide in him. Therefore, Jesus wants the disciples to be in an intimate, healthy relationship with him. In the same way, Jesus is in a healthy relationship where he regularly communicates with God. Jesus is asking the same of his disciples. Let's take a minute to pause out from our scripture and think about the world around us. We are fortunate in our lives that with technology, we are able to stay in touch with friends and loved ones all around the world. For the most part, we carry our phones or our devices with us everywhere. And at any moment, we can pull it out to contact someone's states or countries away. And if we don't have it with us, we just feel like a part of us is missing. Ironically, in all the ways technology helps us connect, we seem to be losing the ability to abide with the people right in front of us. I can't tell you how hard it is to be in conversation with someone and halfway through my sentence, they pull their cell phone out and begin to check it. Relationships are not the same in this day and age as they once were. And yet they are similar to the relationships of Jesus's time. Relationships were strained then too, strained by status, by title, differing ideologies, and several other things that prevent us from being in relationship with one another. These struggles are timeless in human society. Which leads us to the second part of the command that Jesus gives his disciples in verse 12 that you love one another as I have loved you. Now this is not the first time Jesus has shared these words about love to his disciples. 
Throughout Jesus' time with his disciples, the only time he ever commands them is to offer love to one another. He even says it twice in our scripture today. It kind of feels as if Jesus really wants us to grasp this concept of love or something like that. So let's think about the disciples, who they were before Jesus. They were people of the world, people with different jobs, different ideologies, different ways of living life, different social statuses, etc. What they had in common, though, is something many of us have in common today. Spiritual loneliness. Not a desert island kind of loneliness, but the feeling of daily human interaction that lacks true human connection. In this recent passage, the disciples have recently been kicked out of the church for following Jesus. The church didn't like who Jesus claimed to be, and therefore anyone who followed was gone. And so the disciples were lost. The disciples didn't know what to do without their church. And Jesus says, the church will bring you back one day, but until they do, abide in me and you will not be lost. That spiritual loneliness can be fulfilled through me. Jesus is sitting around the table with his dearest friends and he's trying to help them realize that through God, that void of spiritual loneliness has been filled. But see, Jesus is not the boastful type. Jesus is just not gonna come out and say, hey friends, I'm the reason your life has meaning, you're welcome. Jesus is humble. Jesus wants to word this in a way that all the disciples can understand and think about all that Jesus has done for them. Jesus as the vine has entered into meaningful relationship with his disciples who are the branches. The vine lived in loving relationship with the branches that the branches were able to grow fruit in abundance. After their time with Jesus ended, the disciples were able to bear good fruits in the world simply by loving it the way Jesus loved them. Jesus' command to love one another as he loves us is the simplest command. And yet we don't always live into love the ways we've been asked. Maybe we're numb to the concept of loving everyone because we hear it so often. We've heard it enough, but have we been intentional to practice it in all the ways that we can? Intentionality. That word intentionality is the word that kept coming into my mind as I meditated upon this text. The vine grower is intentional to regularly prune the branches that are rotten. Jesus is intentional to maintain a relationship with God. Jesus is also intentional to show love and intentional to ask his disciples to show this same love. The disciples have the choice to be intentional, to listen and follow Jesus. Personally, I can admit that there are some times in my life where I struggle to intentionally offer love to people. It's easy to offer love to my, my partner, my friends, my close family, 
But the first time a colleague or a new friend tells me that they love me, I get awkward. I stand there and maybe I'll compliment their outfit instead or I'll mumble the words back or I'll say something kind of similar to it. And I'm skeptical to think that this person truly wants to offer love. See, I create these excuses in my head and every time I do that, my branches start to grow rotten fruits. As humans, we all metaphorically have rotten fruits on our branches. For me, it's not being intentional in the way I offer and accept abundant love. For Judas, it was betraying Jesus. For Pastor Rob, it's, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I'm sure if we took the time to each think about it, we could all identify the rotten branches in our lives. Being intentional to remove the rotten branches is not only a way to love the world, but a way to love ourselves, which is what makes this season of Lent that much more necessary. Yes, we are anticipating Easter soon, but we're still in the final days of Lent. We are still in the wilderness. During Lent, we take the time to recognize what in our lives is not bearing fruit. What is keeping us from a closer relationship with Jesus? Lent is the perfect season to help us realize that we are co-creators with God, the vine grower. That for God to do good in the world, it's necessary that we participate in the movement of Christ's spirit. In the Gospel of John, love is not an abstract concept, but is deeply grounded in God's decision to dwell as Jesus in the world. The entirety of the Gospel has been not only revealing what God's abundant love is, but creating experiences to feel that abundant love. So what are the ways we can experience this abundant love? What are the ways that you and I can experience abundant love in our lives? What if we were intentional to offer love in all that we did? It seems like a simple suggestion, yet we don't always think about what we do every moment of every day. So what if for the last two weeks of Lent, before we responded to a situation in our lives, we asked this question, What is the best way I can offer love in this moment? When we're driving home from church today and with tourist season being what it is, a pedestrian crosses when they're not supposed to, how can we offer love instead of frustration? When something happens with a loved one and they frustrate us or they create a negative feeling, instead, how can we offer love to someone? It can be hard to offer love sometimes, especially when we have a hard time loving ourselves, loving who we are. But like I said before, we all have branches in our life that bear rotten fruit. But please never forget that we also have more branches that abundantly bear healthy fruit. Remember those branches. Be encouraged by those branches in your life that bear healthy fruit. So friends, abide in Jesus, 
love yourself and go and love the world.